Welcome to Fandom Media. Hey there, folks. We're back after a short layoff, trying to play a little catch-up here, covering two It's Always Sunny episodes at once, among a lot of other shows. We try to cover so many shows here at Fandom Media. So today we're covering PTSD and The Gang Tens Bar, another pair of excellent It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia episodes. We were laughing quite a bit throughout these episodes. I'd say the season continues to be strong, huh? I had zero laughs. laughs. So these are the first two episodes without Mac. And I don't mean that Mac wasn't in them. I mean with Mac being out. <laughs> without and, Mac, right. <laughs> and there were also two very decentric episodes. By uh, what you mean they were centric on D. Yes, yes. Ah, yes. Some yes. misleading terminology here. <laughs> Meta Elements. We're seeing what is perhaps a taste of things to come with Mac being out and using that to fuel his personality in a totally different way. So far, really funny. I'm really happy with it. So far, he's been bringing up the fact that he's gay about every five minutes. <laughs> yeah, since I am the most, since I'm gay man, I'm clearly the most sensitive. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was going to say, his character's not totally different. He's still <laughs> egocentric. He's still, uh... Uh, we haven't quite seen him still wanting to be a badass. I assume he still will, but uh, but for the most part, he still seems to be caught up in himself, you know, harebrained, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. He may have to learn that gay men can be badass, but <laughs> <laughs> but maybe Mac can't be badass. Maybe he can finally do a flip now. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Both of these episodes had some interesting things going on behind the scenes, I thought, in that they're a bit of an example of FX's diversity push that they had this past year and that they made an effort to put more women and people of color and things like that behind the camera. And PTSD had Jamie Babbitt directing again. She obviously did Hero or Hate Crime. And the Gang Tens Bar had Megan Gans. With this is her first solo writing credit on Always Sunny, but she's written a bunch of episodes of Community, which is also a great show. Yes. Yeah. And one thing that I appreciate about her is that her Twitter description is that she writes Always Sunny fan fiction for a living, which is <laughs> truly living the dream. <laughs> Very nice. And of course, good old Matt Shackman directed The Gang Tens Bar. Uh, Still MVP. cruising along. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Both episodes had a rickety cricket, too. You know, of course, he's a, a, a director as well as an actor in the show, as we pointed out before. A writer? And a writer, yeah. He's just one of the main elements of the show creation in general. Good to see him pop up in two episodes in a row. You don't usually see that. I also appreciate how much the gang loves him. You know, despite <laughs> all the contention they've had back and forth with each other, it's it, there was a couple of moments that reminded me of Cheers when he walks in like, Cricket! Norm! You know? Yeah. <laughs> hey, can I go smoke PCP in the bathroom? Yeah! Uh, he is one of the few people that they have in their roster, as we saw in The Gang Goes on Family Fight. <laughs> that's right. He's the one that records the special message for them. That's right, that's right, yeah. <laughs> we also had a returning character that we didn't even realize was returning in that Soldier Boy Mike from PTSD, he's played by Carter McIntyre, and when we looked on IMDb, apparently that actor was one of the male models in the America's Next Top Billboard model. He just wasn't as standout as Rex, apparently. <laughs> no, definitely <laughs> not. Didn't need any cockroaches. Yeah, wasn't willing to go that far. <laughs> Whatever, bro. Billboard. We also had surprise Max Dad Luther, which I really wasn't expecting him to see in that episode and in that situation. It made sense to fit him in just to virtual reality stuff, and he's questioning himself, and you know they're all going a little mad and and suffering because of sleep deprivation. Yeah. And, so I guess it makes sense. But yeah, it was, still was a surprise, though. I agree. There was also another cameo 
cameo from Rooster Teeth, which a lot of you probably know about, is a pretty well-known production company that does a lot of animated stuff and shorts, and the creator, the co-creator of it, Bernie Burns, was just one of the people in the bar, in the Gang <laughs> Tens bar. Just no, that's cool. a little cameo that I didn't notice. Yeah, I thought for a minute this episode might be... Int- I mean, I guess it's not too late, but I thought they might be introducing a new regular D, or new D, yeah. Dottie. Hey, Dottie. Right, yeah. yeah, played by Gisela Reed. Thanks but for, it's, Thanks for the chant, guys. Yeah, it seems like they scared her off, though. They, <laughs> the anthrax was too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it brought back memories of the delivery scare of, yeah. of 918. <laughs> <laughs> Narrative. So let's get into it. We're going to talk about PTSD first and separately from the Gang Tens Bar. Like we mentioned, both of these episodes have really great D storylines, and honestly, I felt that D's character has gotten kind of short shrifted in the past couple of seasons. There just hasn't been a lot of focus on her, so I was really, really happy that we got two in a row with great storylines. Right on. Of course, in PTSD, we have this huge twist going on <laughs> with D's being seen as pathetic here and trying to make soldier boy mike think that he isn't really hitting rock bottom there how can you see d as pathetic i totally don't understand it (laughs) yeah so it seems totally believable and actually she is the most devious plan of all and well executed that was no none of us saw that coming i think Uh, for a flash of a moment i i had this thought like is this guy's daughter gonna be in the bar but then i was like why would a little girl be in a bar? No, that's not where they're going with this. Yeah, we all perceived her as the daughter as being really young. We didn't think yeah. college age. Yeah. So that was part of why it did, it, the joke worked really well. And part of it was that he's a stripper and he looked young. And I just assumed that he had like a less than 10-year-old daughter. Yeah, yeah. But that actor is actually 38 years old, so it's not really unreasonable at all. Yeah, what D did is not unreasonable at all. <laughs> <laughs> Fandomedia.reviews. We also saw a bit of a relationship that we don't see a ton of in the show, which is Charlie and Dennis. That's right. Daddy and the boy. What a... Yeah, that's just... Yeah. <laughs> but at least we got to see the duster. Yes. The it's return. been a while, yeah. We yeah. hadn't seen the duster in a while. But we did get... Well, we, of course, we got to see what we had, to, we had to know was coming. Dennis performing, something not going quite right, and him just talking back to the crowd about their behavior. Yeah. Not the, they're not appreciating him properly. I definitely didn't predict it going in that weird, uh, emotional way, though. Yeah, yeah, it was a little... It, it just goes to show how caught up they get in their own world and their own thoughts. The idea that this is going to go over well as a strip show, that they're going to like <laughs> toss the ball back and forth, talking about how much they love each other. <laughs> I love the part when Charlie is bringing up to Dennis that he's his boy. And, he, and Dennis is like, what are you talking about? How could you be my boy? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> How could you be my boy? And I'm the daddy for all these girls here. And also, real quick, and just a quick little line, Charlie squeaked in there. He's like, well, you can have lots of kids, I guess. <laughs> and I, I love how perfect it is for Frank, of course, to be you know in love with some shoot virtual reality shooting game. That's just yeah, yeah. right up his alley. It's just eh. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> you just killed a kid! <laughs> of course, Charlie, as usual, doesn't understand words sometimes, as we saw with Charming Taint Man. He's like, well, don't just call him G.I. Joe. Don't just make words up. <laughs> Channing Tatum is a little bit of a weird name. I'm just yeah. saying. It's up there with Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> I'm not sure that Charming Taint Man isn't that inaccurate. <laughs> Of course, as you guys mentioned, G.I. Joe was a reference, but we also had 
Magic Mike, which yeah. was mentioned by name, and even the stripper's name was Mike. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. There was a, a sneakier reference here, I thought. I, I assume it's on intentional, but it was so sneaky that I'm not 100% sure they did it on purpose. D stealing Mike's watch in order to get another date with him is kind of the opposite of what George Costanza did in Seinfeld by leaving the clock <laughs> at the girl that wasn't interested in him anymore. But she had to meet him again because I got to give you back your clock. And so it's a clock and a watch. So it's, it's it, I felt very familiar. Definitely. I think one of the best lines, one of the best bits of social commentary in the episode was just, there's a war on women. <laughs> that whole thing with them being these, you know, men's right activist type characters and going, bro, bro, like at the beginning of end, and end of each sentence. <laughs> and they're saying that they're going to win it. Yeah. <laughs> also, another thing they did there that they do oftentimes is that a character proposes something that's just really out there or ludicrous or awkward and and when someone kind of uh, questions it they're like yeah of course you know like it's oh, don't you know everyone knows you know <laughs> what more the war on women what do you mean what more of course the war on women you know what else were you talking about and of course mac just woke up and he's ready to go to join the war on <laughs> <Yeah>. women <laughs> <laughs> mac's been waging that war on his own for, <laughs> since season one <laughs> of course I think one of the best scenes in the episode was Dennis's dancing there during Mac's dream and then reality, which was great because it shows Mac's interest in Dennis. It shows Dennis's weird fascination with himself because he's looking in the mirror while he's dancing. It shows that even the crazy things you dream about Dennis are not far off yeah. in reality. Like, it's hard to imagine Dennis being weirder in these situations, so... Just go with reality. <laughs> also, speaking of that, I really appreciate that they, they squeeze in this extra joke. You realize it's reality when he wakes up from the first dream and he's in bed with an old black man. Like, oh, that's now I know what the real <laughs> what's really a dream and what's real here. It's like that. We shouldn't have known. We should known that wasn't real. There was no old black man. He was sleeping by himself. That's totally unrealistic. <laughs> also, in that scene, we got I think. Two more almost kisses between Dennis and Mac, which pretty sure there's been like many almost kisses between them from Mac leaning in and Dennis just like swiveling away at yeah. the last second. It's <laughs> happened multiple times. I feel like it's going to happen eventually because Dennis is such a narcissist that he's eventually going to give in to just to appreciating his desire to be liked and to, to be the object of desire. I think spans sexuality. He just wants yeah. to be wanted. It doesn't what? necessarily matter to him the gender. Creators of the show have even said that none of the characters are straight. They all are... Shades of... Uh homosexuality or whatever. Yeah, I mean, they all have some interest in that sort of thing. And, I mean, you see, I mean, even with Frank, uh, is I mean, he's a sexual deviant. Of course, he's going to be into anything. He does orgies and stuff yeah. like that. I mean, yeah, he does lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> but as for Mac and Dennis, I totally can see that Mac gets a boyfriend or gets some guy that he's really into and is honest about it, and Dennis can't have that. Yeah, and he yeah. has to, like... Bring him away from him. <laughs> if anyone out there is listening, you can let us write that. We're, we're ready to go. <laughs> Speaking of writing, it's always sunny fan fiction. Yeah. <laughs> Audio elements. There were a couple of choice musical moments in this episode. I really liked the choice of Cats in a Cradle for their routine, the, the 
Daddy Boy. What a sexy uh, song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, not only is it fitting for this theme they're trying to create, but it's so perfectly not for stripping. <laughs> it's super sad. <laughs> and and it sort of sets up, you know, what you're sort of expecting, either like as in the audience watching this episode of It's Always Sunny, or in the audience of these girls watching the strip routine, you're waiting for this change of pace. You know, you get this kind of <laughs> down-tempo, you know, kind of melodramatic music kind of sad and you expect it to be setting up this something you're waiting for it to turn into something else to contrast that you know mm. something hype and loud and fast or whatever you know but they just keep going with it just keep going with the cats in the cradle start tossing a ball back and forth and the audience is just bewildered and they're like take your take your clothes off and you get set up there too because when you see dennis dancing and practicing what you think might be a strip routine it's dance music it's electronic music yeah yeah which by the way was the other th- thing that i particularly liked was in the scene where mac is like walking up to dennis and he's, he's dancing and the music not that the song was bad, it wasn't particularly great, but I just appreciate the, I don't know how to describe the editing of it. So you it's like distant and faded, it's like it's in his headphones, but as Matt gets closer, it shifts to be prominent in the show, mm. like the, the audio takes over the scene. Right on. Which then, boom, the slamming door, or him waking up, you know, cuts that short. It was, I thought it was really well done. Visual Elements of course, the main visual element of the first episode was the VR virtual reality game. That was how the episode started. We found ourselves in Fallujah, Iraq, which, of course, we knew something was up there. We knew these guys aren't actually soldiering. And, of course, they had the changed font for the time of day and the place that they <laughs> that was having. It made it, it again, kind of look like 24. There's so many 24 <laughs> references this season. And, of course, when they cut away from that to see them just kind of walking around, like, what are they, blowing each other? What is going on in this? <laughs> That was so good. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it, it's another spin on the idea that you have these characters having their interaction with each other. They're in their own world, having their crazy argument about whatever, and then you suddenly realize someone else has been watching them the whole time. <laughs> it was another take on that. That's true. That's true. Yeah. That's a great point. Cricket himself is kind of a visual element these oh, days, right? Definitely. <laughs> his, his scar was a visual element. He's looking you know. a little better these days. I think his hair covers up his burn marks a little yeah, more. Yeah, the, the hair does actually and the, improve it. Yeah, and the hat. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> he looked pretty nice in those jeans, too. <laughs> I'd accept him a dollar. I wonder if they bought those for him. Like, went shopping. Yeah, like, we gotta get this him. dude some pants. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, there's the obvious pageantry of the episode and the stripping in the outfits that they were in. I just love Dennis and Charlie's outfits. The Charlie's... duster and the beach ball. And the lollipop. The yes, cheese the lolly... Oh, my God. <laughs> Call it a magic marker. <laughs> He's looking a magic marker off. <laughs> yeah, see, this stuff like this is why we. it's not such a stretch to see Dennis giving into a kiss from Mac eventually. <laughs> if, he's in cha- if this is normal to him, if he thinks this is normal to other people. For Charlie all, to shave his back? They'll find this entertaining. Yeah, it's like, I'll put your, yeah, I'll have your back. You know, so like, you carry him on my oils and my, what? <laughs> and Charlie's so accepting. Yeah, man, I'll do that for you. <laughs> it's weird, as terrible as they are. I, I can't decide if that's just... Charlie's just bored, or maybe he just wants to... It reminds me of the moment when Mac is explaining to Frank, you know, you're just sleep-deprived, but I woke you up because they're doing this weird strip thing. I thought you'd want to see it. And Frank's like, yeah, I want to see it. Let's go. <laughs> it's kind of a sweet moment. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Charlie wanting to do Dennis's back, I, 
I don't know. They're good friends. They're good friends. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many friends that would do that for me. Yeah, I, I certainly don't have any friends that were willing to pay me to play video games with them either. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're just no good at Fallujah. <laughs> <laughs> or stripping. <laughs> So I guess we should get into our favorite moments then. Favorite moments of PTSD, and then we get to talk about Gang 10's bar. All this fun at once. All right. Yeah, so I'll start with mine. My favorite was just Max's dream of Dennis and then the reality. I just loved all of it. It was all so good. And the fact that we saw a black man there for a moment. I'm always happy about that. Uh, what about you, Aziz? My favorite moment was when Charlie and Dennis are talking about what's going on, about the game and everything, and, and, Matt and Mike quitting. And Dennis, Dennis all of a sudden, yeah, I'll do it. And Charlie, do what? It's like, strip. Like, what? <laughs> it's all in his delivery, too. Yeah. yeah, I can't possibly do it as well as he did. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It's also one of my favorite moments, and I, I thought about it a lot. I think why I like it so much or why it's so well done or whatever is because it's so obtuse. It's so out of nowhere when he says that. It. It's just out of context throughout the conversation. He's so serious about it, too. But it's also so in line. It makes so much sense. You realize in the back of Dennis's mind, everything he's been saying, in the back of his mind, what's been churning is this idea. And to him, it's like this obvious thing. That's what everyone's thinking. Everyone's expecting me to strip now, right? <laughs> Fine, I'll do it. You know, <laughs> It's just a perfect example yeah, of his narcissism. You realize that's what, yeah, like you said, you realize that's what he's been thinking about the whole time. This whole thing is just leading up to him breaking that in. And you Which expect course, him bring... to like bring it up more normally, but after all that, but then it just he just tosses it out. Which makes me think again of the... Billboard's next top model episode yeah. where Dennis yeah. is like, I wanted to model. <laughs> Underwear contest. Yeah. <laughs> so I had a couple favorite moments. One was another quick little Charlie line when when Dennis is trying to explain to him his routine. Who do women want to have sex with? Jugglers. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Jugglers? Yeah, you know, they th I know what jugglers are. <laughs> is Charlie sure he's not talking about juggalos? Oh, it's possible. <laughs> I don't know if women like them either. <laughs> so another, it was like just this quick little moment, but when Dee calls up and she's doing her terrible accent and Dennis like realizes her plan, he just instantly hangs up with her. He agrees with the plan. It's like a good idea and he's going to go along, but he just doesn't need to hear her explain. I'm he doesn't even tell her that he's going along with it. Yeah, he just hangs up. He's like, hmm, yes, that is a good plan. And that's, of course, after Dee does her horrible accent. It's like, how did you know it was me? Like, <laughs> you knew? Charlie, it's like she's you. going back and forth between Boston and Texas. And like, like, yeah, <laughs> who else would do such horrible accents? <laughs> so let's move on to the Gang Tens bar. Ash, 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 oh, well, Ash. Well, Ash. thank you. Ash in the house. <laughs> A little chant there for you. So I really love this episode, and I didn't necessarily think it was the best crafted episode. It wasn't the most impressive episode of the season, but it had a lot of things that I personally really like and really want to see in an Always Sunny episode. This is the first Valentine's episode they've done, right? Yeah, it is the first. As we heard, they stopped doing Valentine's Day because <laughs> of the right. anthrax. Because of the yeah. anthrax scare. I wonder how long ago they stopped doing Valentine's Day. Was it like three years ago? I don't remember when the anthrax scare was for real. I'm guessing that it, oh yeah, maybe it was Maybe it was around the same time. I was guessing it was before Frank was around. Mm. Something like that. This episode also had a very subtle bit of meta commentary in that one criticism that It's Always Sunny has gotten over the past few years is that they spend too many episodes outside of the bar and that they're doing too many outlandish things and, you know, genre-bending things as we've seen this season. We saw Old Lady House. Anyone who claim, complains about them doing too many outlandish things, they just, they just don't get this show. <laughs> well, to be clear, again, I'm by outlandish, I mean that 
they're outside of their land. Outdoor <laughs> outland. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> but going skiing and things like that, hitting yeah, the slopes, yeah. all these episodes. But in this episode, at the very beginning, we have Dennis saying that we're always running outside, out into the world, looking for riches and treasures when we've got everything we need right here. <laughs> they were kind of, yeah, there's a little self-commentary there on their own uh, different uh, episode locations. And, of course, a lot of commentary on the characters and their own relationships. You know, we mentioned Community earlier, and I, I really love that show, but I do feel like, I don't know how to say this, part of the formula to that show is you have these group of characters going through school. You know what I mean? And then different things happen to school. They have different relationships. And every now and then there'll be, you know, uh, an out-of-the-ordinary episode, a, a Christmas episode or, you know, something along that line. But I feel like for a while there, Community started to do too many of those. Does that make sense? You didn't mm. know what the norm was anymore. The norm became these weird episodes. I didn't necessarily have a problem with it, but I can see how people might complain about it. I hadn't really felt that way about It's Always Sunny, but I guess there is some definitely complaint about that. Definitely. Thing. I mean, you think back to last season and this season, there's the gang goes on family fight. There's the gang hits the slopes, old lady house, the gang turns black. All of these episodes are episode after episode where we're not in the bar at all or we're in it for very little time, which... To me, it doesn't make a big difference, but I can I can see their point a little bit. I think there's more going outside the bar than a lot of people might give them credit for or remember, but they're not necessarily always doing things in crazy locations. Yes. For example, someone like the gang solves the gas crisis. They're, there's very little time in the bar in that episode. They're not in weird locations. They're just kind of out in the world at like random houses and in the van. They're still together as a group. One way or the other, I mean, how many storylines can you have? <laughs> just everyone stays in a bar all the time. They gotta reach to did get you, some more material. Did you not so. hear what Dennis just said? <laughs> they do not need to run out into the world. <laughs> looking for riches and treasures. <laughs> so yeah, like you said, there's a lot of pairings that were a little different than what is typical. A lot of times they break into into two groups or into a, which is often a pair and a trio. Uh, but this one had a bunch of different pairing offs that that were short term rather than a whole plot arc of three and two or two two and one or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and each pair obviously has just so much history in their relationships. And I mean, one that I think is often overlooked is Charlie and Dee, for example, which was really featured here. And some people maybe don't see any sort of romantic relationship there. I do. I think that there's clues abound there. And one thing is, of course, that they've slept together in the mm -hmm. gang, Misses the Boat. And there's an interview with Caitlin Olsen from around that time period where she said that originally they were trying to find a way for Dennis and Dee to sleep together oh. accidentally. And uh, they, it, it turned into the idea that Charlie and Dee would sleep together. Mm. And Glenn Howerton was pushing that they would have this really too long, passionate, no music, drawn out scene <laughs> with just Charlie and Dee having sex. <laughs> and they decided to just allude to it. And so I, we never saw that. But I tend to think... Given what's been going on this season, the fact that Charlie and Dee are smoking together and Dee really cares about this Valentine, I tend to think they might still be doing something. They're doing something, I think, but clearly they're yeah. also doing their own thing. I mean, Charlie isn't, the waitress hasn't been mentioned yeah. in forever. And... Except that the song was originally for her. Right, that's true. I think was him covering. I think both of them were covering because they put their emotions out there in front of the whole gang. That's true. But Dee also is clearly doing her own thing. I mean, she did the thing with Mike. Yeah. Right. Like, and, yeah, and Charlie true. didn't seem to care didn't about that seem at to all. Care. It's Dee true. does seem to care about what Charlie's doing, but Charlie yeah. is just like, do your own thing, Dee. 
<laughs> yeah, we had that line, of course, where she said, "You screwed me, Charlie." Which I was almost expecting her right there. To like, uh, what? What? That. Double meaning? Double meaning? Yeah. But I really thought. I mean, I, we said we said it before that I, I mean, Caitlin Olsen is a really great actress, mm-hmm. and her acting in this scene was really good because she was so moved by Charlie's song right there, and then she flips it in like a moment to being. That oh you're pathetic, but you see I think per I think at least this veneer of her guarding herself to not let them know that it really meant something to her, whether that means that they had something romantic or not. Yeah, I think that if she hadn't done that, she would have been made fun of by Dennis. Yes. Right? And she realized that, so quick, turn it on Charlie. Let's make fun of Charlie real quick before they make fun of me. She had to realize that that genuine emotions are gonna get you made fun of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I really, really liked her reaction to Charlie's inability to rhyme. That was so good. It's like, what literally I'm- yeah. <laughs> Everything rhymes with D. <laughs> he had to try really hard to not rhyme. <laughs> yeah, that was really well done. Yeah, that's what? I love the bad songwriting as a, as a comic element. That was so good. I think it's that if it's not coming truly from the heart, Charlie maybe just has some more trouble rhyming because he's done a better job at other songs. That's certainly. true. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Whereas he was struggling with Jerry's song and D's song right at that moment. But he had no trouble when writing songs for the waitress. Because yeah. he really cared. Yeah. <laughs> but this was only pretending. Fandomedia.reviews. I think that Charlie and Frank's relationship is sweet and messed up and all sorts of things. I mean, they've been sleeping together for ten years. Charlie doesn't know if he's his father, really. And Frank was willing to put a tapeworm up his butt just to, <laughs> just just to slim down for him. <laughs> That's something this both of these episodes had in common, was the someone getting, like, shocking revenge for something. <laughs> D hitting rock bottom, making Mike hit rock bottom, and now Charlie, you know, killing Jerry, <laughs> making them poison each other, and then them coming out yelling, poison, poison, we've been poisoned. Yeah. No, there's no poison, no, there's no poison. There's more poison where that came from. <laughs> This episode reminded me a lot of the gang dines out, actually, and the different pairings that we have in this one location, and we even see Charlie and Frank's relationship, Mac and Dennis's relationship, and in that one, Dee's the odd woman out. Until the end, when she... (laughs) They applaud her for the spaghetti, for tripping the, the, the waiter with the, the spaghetti. Were you about to say the spaghetti man? Yes, the spaghetti man. <laughs> That's what he should be called. It's just the, if Charlie would just call him the spaghetti man. <laughs> What's your spaghetti, spaghetti policy, spaghetti man? <laughs> I also appreciated the reference to Nightcrawlers. Yeah, he can't yeah. Even play Nightcrawlers because he's not like, will defend Jerry. <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> We have Char D, and now we have Mac Dennis. The prophecy is true. <laughs> Frank is the electric boogaloo part. Yeah, of course. And we also have in this episode Dennis in everyone's adoration. He just wants everyone to give him a Valentine. Or just do their work. Yeah, or just do their work. <laughs> Forget about this stupid holiday. <laughs> and one of the things that he wanted them to work on was the yuck puddle, which is a new thing. And it apparently is alive and doesn't flow properly. But when told to work on the yuck puddle, they uh, interpreted it this a different way, didn't they? It started with Mac and Charlie 
And Max saying, oh, he doesn't want us to work on the yuck puddle. He wants us to work on the yuck. And of course, Charlie does his very typical, oh, where he doesn't, doesn't get it at all. actually understand, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then the Charlie and Frank scene, Dee realizes that Dennis wants them to work on their feelings. <laughs> right. <laughs> Frank is very confused about this. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's when he goes into that really graphic description Four about... Four ounces of... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which... Going on to the dark web. Which, I guess Mac and Frank access the dark web together, maybe, because both Mac and Frank got something from there, whether it's four ounces of poop or a rocket launcher. <laughs> and they're both Valentine's gifts for someone else. Yeah, they are. I guess they went and shopped together. And the, dark, the, the dark web is where you get Valentine's. Yeah, the dark web for all your Valentine's needs. I'm going to say... <laughs> No one in that gang needs a rocket launcher. And I am so relieved the rocket was not included. <laughs> Although if they have access to the dark web, they should be ordering one. <laughs> that could easily be a future plot line. I guarantee you someone's going to use the rocket launcher before this season's over. <laughs> it is interesting that both Dee and Mac came to that conclusion about what Dennis really wanted. It was kind of funny as we saw it, them both come to the same conclusion. But in a way, they were both kind of right. You know, there really was something else going on with Dennis. And it was also funny how the people they were paired with didn't let them get a word in edgewise. You know, <laughs> once they okay, yeah, you're right. We should talk about our feelings. I, just, Let's I talk about my yeah. feelings. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I was in the middle of a sentence there, but... <laughs> <laughs> I also true. I also thought it was really great to see the parallel between Mac and Dee, which I've, we've seen a lot of that in other episodes, actually. It's kind of subtle, I think, as well, but it was really overt in this one. I mean... D enters and they're cheering for D, Dottie, and Mac enters and they're cheering the same cheer for Mac, and then they come to the exact same realization, and they're both in the position of being the one to, to give this gift to their partner. Of course, Mac's extra confidence in his insight is because he's a gay man. <laughs> <laughs> of course I figured this out. And we see Cricket having a moment alone with Mac in the bathroom talking about their shared experiences. Are you gay for free or for money? <laughs> Chump. Free, I guess. <laughs> Chump. <laughs> Another parallel that I absolutely loved was that both Reynolds siblings have threatened people with anthrax over Valentine's. <laughs> yeah, I love that, that, that when Dennis reveals... It's, like, it's just powder. Oh, you're eating it already. <laughs> yeah, I did like how he just instantly was. <laughs> we also had all of them just reaching into the food on the counter. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and none of them. Yeah, none of them bought for even a second that Dennis actually cared about work. It's like, what's up with this work angle? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's one of, one of my favorite things. One of my favorite lines of all time for "It's Always Sunny" was was when Charlie introduces the Dayman Nightman play, the Nightman Cometh play. And Max lines, yeah, but who are we doing it versus? Because they, they always think it's a scam. It's no matter what, whatever the idea is, it's a scam. That's where their head is, and they're 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 right. They're they're right. It is always a scam. <laughs> We're gonna do an alcohol for money scam. <laughs> Even the bar, which is just a total normal business, is somehow yeah, it's a, it's a scheme. <laughs> So eventually we find out what's going on with the crate, but it made sense, Dennis's reaction, that there's just some random thing they're getting distracted with, they need to focus on work, or a scam, or whatever it is, they need to focus <laughs> on what Dennis wants to focus on, and someone else is distracted from that, and Mac with his silly crate. It reminded me of the episode, I think it was Frank Retires, 
when there's a hole in a bathroom. They're like, hey, come check out the hole. And I was standing <laughs> around, and they're like, there could be anything down there. <laughs> Frank's, it was, I think the onus, the, the, what was said in that episode off is like Frank realized he didn't care. I guess I need to retire. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was, it's, it's always kind of similar to how they would search trash dumps and go yeah, to the dumpsters. Yeah. Just, they, just, they, just, they just think something's awesome in there. It's not, the, not what's in there. It's the idea of something. It was the same as the lottery ticket, the yeah. unscratched lottery ticket. and the, Yeah, it's the potential. The potential. They love potential. The potential for treasures. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I've noticed uh, more of, I think, in the last few seasons is how they say the words weird and ew when they say ew or weird which is that mac d and charlie do it a lot if you think back for instance when charlie tells mac that he slept with d in the game you know, back in Charlie Rules the World. Yeah. And Matt goes, ew, ew. In Charlie's the like, in the game, in the game. In the game. Like, he says it like that, too. And then, we, of course, in this one, we have that happening again with him saying that. And there is another example of them doing it this season earlier as they well. They did it uh, in the arbitration episode. Yes. When he's yeah. like, whatever the girl's name, Penny or whatever. Penny's underage. Like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Exactly. And they make that exact type of ew. And I, I don't know how to describe it exactly. But I love it. The Philadelphia ew. Yeah. <laughs> Final thoughts. Okay, so favorite moments for the Gang Tens Bar. What's everybody got here? I think mine was the thing you brought up earlier. Just the way everyone just, there was, what's this thing with Dennis's work angle? What's this angle with everyone do our jobs? So what's up with that? Like, the idea of doing work was like, she must be up to something there's no way I, it, that was funny enough to me but the fact that they're actually right is even funny. <laughs> my favorite was well one i just love it when d yells at someone so i liked that period when she yells at charlie that she didn't that he didn't get her a goddamn valentine but specifically <laughs> it's a dentist line d says i'm not gonna let some worm beat me on valentine's day and dennis just goes and he's in the background he just goes there's no worms <laughs> three words just there's no worms <laughs> My favorite is, is kind of related to yours, Sean. It's about the whole work angle, but the other side of it is their reaction to it and them saying, let me try to trick Mac into doing that. <laughs> <laughs> or let me try to trick D into doing that first. And then, then Dennis says to D, you need you to unclog the line. She's like, Charlie, get you to try to trick me to do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're so on guard for scams and it's just the most mundane request. <laughs> look, this doesn't work. You could see that it's not working. <laughs> see, look, I'm pushing the button, nothing's happening. This is some kind of trick. <laughs> You're right. I'll trick D to do it. <laughs> Fandomedia.reviews. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you would be so kind as to leave us a review and rating on iTunes, you'd be surprised how much that kind of thing helps a new podcast get noticed. It really makes a big difference, and we'd appreciate it. So until next time, I'm the Fanthrax Scare of 918. And I'm Megan Fans. And I'm Fanboy Mike.